The Productive Woman, Episode 55. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast dedicated to productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thank you for joining me. In this episode, I'm going to share some thoughts about creating margin in your life, creating space to think. You'll find links and some additional information in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 55. This episode is brought to you by lynda.com. You can get a free 10-day trial of lynda.com's amazing video courses by going to lynda.com slash tpw. Before I get into the main topic of this episode, I want to ask a favor. I mentioned this in the last episode, but I want to make sure uh, you remember, I really could use your help in making The Productive Woman a better podcast, make it more useful to you and, and basically serve you better. And the way you can do that is if you could take just a couple of minutes to respond to a very short listener survey, which you can find at theproductivewoman.com slash survey. This takes maybe three minutes at the most, and it will really help me in planning upcoming episodes and making sure I'm giving you what you need. All the episodes are anonymous, so please be honest. I, I have no way of knowing who gives what answers, and your feedback is really just invaluable to me. So I look forward to your help there. Again, you can find that at theproductivewoman.com survey. And thanks so much. Okay, so somebody asked me recently for some tips on making space for creativity. And it really got me thinking about how hard that can be. I mean, sometimes it seems like our life, our world is just so full that we can't find a moment to think, much less create anything. Uh, You know, for instance, one of my favorite things about being a lawyer is when I have time to think really deeply about an issue or a problem that a client has come to me for help with. But the fact is, very very often, I don't have the time to do that, to sort of sit and stare off into space and really think about it, because I'm having to uh, really rush to get it done, and the demands of, of time and everything make it just impossible sometimes, it feels like, to to do that kind of thinking. And for me, the same thing for writing. For me, I need time to think in order to write, and uh, that can be hard to come by. And, you know, I've, I've heard from some of you that you feel a similar stress, I guess, to to find time to think, to be creative. Uh, and so uh, I, I've been thinking about the, thing, the kinds of things we can do to create a little margin in our lives, maybe make some space for thinking and creating. And I'd Um, I thought I'd share with you a few of my thoughts about those ways we can make space in our life to think about and do the things that matter most to us. So the first one, of course, uh, and none of these are new or particularly original, but I'm hopeful that you're going to find them helpful. Uh, The first, first one is write everything down. We've talked about this before. 
Why does it matter? Because studies show the mind can only hold so many thoughts in the active memory that, you know, what we're using to process and, and make connections and stuff. There were a couple of articles I read that said the limit of things most people can remember is three or four. Uh, you know, there's some variation in some of the articles, but several of them cited that number. And I'll put links in the show notes to a couple of them in case you want to have a look at those. Trying to remember things, even things that seem small and easy to remember, it uses up mental focus, mental energy, mental attention that's better used for creative thought. Our minds are designed to have ideas, not necessarily to store information. And so the way to create mental space to be creative, whether it's, and and when I'm talking about creative, I I mean, yes, artistically creative, but also creative for your business, creative for, uh, in in your thinking about your relationships, any kind of creativity is, um, it takes time, it takes space, it takes time to be, to have that clarity. And so trying to remember things takes away from that. By writing everything down, it keeps your mind clear and, f- and free to concentrate, to be creative, whatever kind of creativity uh, you're needing. So whatever it is you need to do, your mind will be freer to do it if it's not busy trying to remember to you know, pick up the dry cleaning or buy a birthday present for your best friend or move the, you know, the, the garbage cans out to the curb or whatever little things. So as we've said before in previous episodes, the thing is to write everything down. And there are a number of tools that we can use to do that. We use a calendar, and and that's for date and time-specific appointments, including appointments you make with yourself to do those things that you care about. So you should have a calendar for those sorts of things, whether it's a paper calendar on the wall or the digital calendar in your smartphone. Put all your appointments in there. Put the information that goes with those appointments in there, you know, the address, the phone number in case you're running late, uh, any pieces of information you need to have, you want to have in that calendar entry so you don't have to go looking for it. You don't have to remember it. It's just there. Uh, You also need a task manager or a to-do list for things that need to be done, uh, things other than appointments that are day and time specific. Now, a task manager or to-do list can be something as simple as a three-by-five card. It can be as complex or, or robust as something like OmniFocus that we've talked about before or one of the other great digital task managers. But it's a place where you capture every project you're working on, every project you might want to work on, every task that needs to get done or that you need to decide whether you're going to get it done. All of them go into your task manager. Uh, You also need some kind of a notebook, and this can be paper or digital, and this is for ideas, for reference information, that kind of stuff that you want to refer to. And again, it can be a paper notebook you keep in your purse. It can be a, a digital electronic notebook. I use Evernote for stuff like that. I also use Drafts, and we've talked about that before. It's an app on my iPhone that I use to capture bits of information that I'm going to want to do something with later. But someplace 
where you can capture all this kind of information that's coming at you uh, and have it available when you need it. The idea, and we've talked about tools before. Uh, you can look back at previous episodes where we talked about task managers, for instance, and some of these other things. But the, the bottom line idea is to keep it, whatever it is you're using, whatever tools you're using, keep them as simple as you can, but make them as robust as you need them to be for whatever your life requires. The point is to have the tool there and use it regularly, consistently, all the time, get everything written down. That's the first key. I, I think everything hinges on that, on clearing your mind of those little things that pile up. You know, it may seem one little thing, I'll remember to pick up the dry cleaning, but that's one thing added to another thing, added to another thing, and pretty soon your mind has no bandwidth for creative thought. So write it down. Second thing I thought about is to um, forget multitasking. And we have talked about this before. There's previous episodes. I'll, I'll put links in the show notes if you want to go back and listen to uh, those previous episodes where we've talked about multitasking. Studies show that the human brain cannot multitask. It cannot do or think about two things at the same time. What it's actually doing, and there's science to this, what it's actually doing is rapidly switching back and forth between them. This burns mental energy, it dilutes our focus, it distracts our attention, and neither one of these things is getting our best thought, our best energy. And I, now, when I'm talking about multitasking here, I do want to differentiate between true multitasking and what sometimes we think of as multitasking, but it's really something else entirely. True multitasking, the thing that does not work, is doing two things or two or more things that both require thought and attention, uh, like uh, reading a book while you're watching TV, like checking email during a meeting or checking text messages during your daughter's recital, talking on the phone while you're driving, listening to an audiobook or a podcast or the news while you're plotting or writing your novel. Both of those things, in order to be effective, require uh, real focus, attention, and thought. And your mind cannot do both. Uh, any of us who's, who's ever you know, been talking on the phone while we're driving and gone 20 miles and realized, you know, I'd have no conscious memory of how I got from point A to point B because our attention was on that phone call. Um, it, it really is true that, that you cannot give your best attention to two things at the same time. You're just switching, you know, f back and forth between them, and that's not an efficient or effective way, really, of working. D I distinguish this from what we sometimes think of as multitasking, but I don't think it really is. Uh, and that's doing one thing that requires thought and attention at the same time that we're doing something else that can be done safely on autopilot. For instance, listening to a podcast or an audiobook while we're folding the clothes or mowing the yard, talking to our child or our husband while we're washing the dishes together. <laughs> um, those kinds of things that we're um, 
it, this can this can work where one thing is requiring our attention the other thing we can do kind of automatically without thinking about it is maybe a more physical task that doesn't require thought this can work this can be very efficient and this is a way um, to be efficient and maybe buy yourself time for more creative endeavors. So that's uh, think about that difference between trying to do two things that both require thought and attention versus doing uh, one thing that does require thought and attention and the other thing that can be done kind of automatically. One works, uh, one not so much. Uh, and, and again, it can be very effective to do the latter, that, that uh, you know, one thinking thing and one manual thing. But we shouldn't fill every moment that way. We shouldn't always be doubling up. And this kind of leads into the third thing that I thought about. In, in, and remember, we're talking about ways to create space in our lives for margin in our lives, both mental space and time space, however you want to think about it, so that we have time to think and create and be, um, you know, more at peace and more at ease. And the third thing is to practice stillness. Uh, and this goes back to the not necessarily always wanting to double up and do two things at once. For our mind to be able to do its most creative work, sometimes it needs the tension of silence before our, our mind will speak up. We have a tendency, or maybe it's just me. I'm not going to say that. I know it's not just me because I've talked to some of you and I've talked to my friends. And in our busy 21st century lives, it's, it's real common for us to fill up every waking moment and some of our sleeping moments with sound and noise and activity so that there's never a silent moment. And our brains kind of back off you know they don't there's no space for them to for our creative mind to speak up and so it it just doesn't you know and I wonder how often we fill up every moment like that with with sound and activity and 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 people and and all those things to avoid that silence to avoid having to think deeply and face kind of what's going on in our heads. It's important to give ourselves times of quiet, times of stillness, to let our creative minds speak up. So sometimes, instead of doubling up, go for a walk or a run without listening to music or podcasts. Go for a drive without playing the radio or, or the CD or whatever it is that you have going. Let silence surround you and see what your mind does. Because sometimes our problem isn't that there's no time to think, but that we don't allow our minds the space to think. We fill up our lives with something else to occupy our attention so we don't uh, have to face ourselves, maybe. I don't know. So we need to allow ourselves that time and silence. I have a really hard time being still and silent and focused. I've always been kind of, you know, unless I'm, I, I'm, I always need to be doing something. Uh, and if, I, if I'm not, my mind just runs away with me a million miles an hour with all the things I need to do or the things I'm thinking of or what's going to happen in the future, rehearsing something that happened in the past. And it's very hard for me to be still and quiet. 
And I have, and and that's I think I've come to the conclusion that that's a, a skill that needs to be developed, almost like a a muscle that needs to be strengthened. And as I mentioned, I think in the last episode, I am finding that the the guided meditation exercises in the app that I told you about called Headspace have been really helpful. They're kind of like a workout for my mind. There's nothing. Uh, in, in, in what I've been doing with this, uh, there's nothing religious about it. It's really a mental exercise training my mind to be to be okay with quiet and not uh, let it just kind of take over and, and run away with all kinds of crazy thoughts. <laughs> not crazy, but you know what I mean. So just the exercise of sitting quietly for 10 to 15 minutes in the morning really makes a difference in my day. And I don't, I, I don't know if I can explain it other than it's giving me some space, giving me some tools to learn to be comfortable with sitting still and quiet and letting myself think or just be present in the moment. So I recommend that you, if, if you struggle with that as I have, um, maybe give that, that app a, a try or some other um, concept of a a tool that will help with that mental exercise of of being still and quiet for a few minutes a day. The fourth thing I had on my list of things we can do to make that margin, make that mental and, and psychological space to think is to create routines and, and rituals. And we've talked about that. I did a whole episode on this in the past, but just as a reminder, rituals and routines, I think, do two different things. Rituals can become a habit, can program our mind, our mood, our body, or whatever, to be ready for creative work, creative thinking. Uh, And a ritual can be anything, you know, that we do that kind of to prepare for thought or a creative session or whatever, a certain kind of music we play, a certain kind of candle that we light, a certain chair that we sit in to do our thinking, whatever, those kinds of things can really help uh, kind of be a trigger to our mind that this, okay, this is the time we're going to do this kind of work. Routines, on the other hand, can save us time and save us the mental energy that we might otherwise be be spending deciding what to do next. We create routines of things that we do the same time, the same way. Uh, in you know whether it's a morning routine of certain things that we do, our evening routine, uh, routines of things that we do at work. They're repetitive. Whatever these repetitive tasks are, that we we set up a way of doing it the same routinely so that we don't have to spend any time thinking about what comes next we're we're just ticking into the routine if if you're a writer you know that there's something to be said for writing every day developing that muscle that routine of doing it um, yes, we all want the, the muse to come and inspire us, but I think it's pretty obvious from, you know, the really productive writers will tell us that our, your muse is much more likely to be able to find you if you're in place ready to work at the same time every day. Routines are built on or become habits, and habits help us get where we want to go. I saw a quote this week from the legendary dancer and choreographer Twyla Tharp who said, 
creativity is a habit, and the best creativity is the result of good work habits. So there's a discipline in creating these routines that are effective and efficient and help us save the time and the mental energy for really creative, important thinking that we need to do. The fifth thing I, that I thought of in this uh, line of, of things we can do to make more space for ourselves, more time for ourselves, to think and create, and uh, again, in whatever way that means for, for what you're doing in your life, is to give yourself permission to take tiny steps. Um, you know, we, we have such big dreams, such grandiose ideas of things we want to accomplish, uh, the kind of life we want to make for ourselves and for the people we love. And those can be so inspiring, but they can also be incredibly intimidating. Um, you know, we have some huge, uh, wonderful project that we want to take on, maybe a charity we want to start, or, you know, we want to write a novel, or we're going to, you know, any number of big, amazing things that we have in mind to do that we feel so inspired by, but we get intimidated because where do you start? And so sometimes those never get started because we, we just don't know where to begin. So if we give ourselves permission to take a very tiny step, to do it uh, in, in small bites, um, we can make progress and feel like we're accomplishing something. So, you know, maybe promise yourself you're going to spend just five minutes on whatever the task is, whatever the project is. Starting is often the hardest part. And if you tell yourself, uh, I'm only gonna, I'm only gonna spend five minutes, so I'm not gonna do this whole thing. You know, I'm not gonna write a book today, I'm just gonna write for five minutes. Uh, and once you get past that resistance uh, to starting, um, often we keep going for more than five minutes. But you only have to do five minutes. You know, I've mentioned, I think, in the past, Stephen Pressfield's amazing book, The War of Art, where he talks about um, that resistance and, and that blocks us from accomplishing the things we want to do. I highly recommend that book. Do pick it up and, and, and read it. The other thing is to break that big project into the smallest possible steps, whatever... Um, you know, whatever it is, uh, for me, I mean, it's the, the dumbest things can kind of, I don't know, hold me from, hold me back from getting things done. I needed to, I have to take a trip with my husband coming up soon. Have to, I get to. I, um, we have to go, it's a business trip and he's coming along. And there were a bunch of things that needed to get done to get ready for that trip. And I kept putting it off and putting it off because there were all these things that I, um, you know, that needed to do. And, and the funny thing is, uh, and I think I talked about this on a previous episode, that, that I thought I had kind of broken it down into steps. Well, I need to make my airline reservations. How hard is that? Um, well, the problem is uh, I hadn't broken it down far enough because even making the airline reservations isn't a task. That's actually a small project. But because before I could make the airline reservations, I had to find the agenda for the event and find out what time I had to arrive. Uh, and then I had to back out from that. All right. What time, what, then I had to go to the airline, uh, reservation website and see what the flight options were, figure out which one would get me there in time, uh, after taking into account how long it takes to get from the, um, 
from the airport to the hotel. You know, so that's just one little piece of it. When I finally realized that that was my problem, well, I broke it down into those tiny pieces. So instead of make airline reservation, my to-do list was pull up a copy of the agenda for the event and find out what time I have to uh, be there and ready to go. And then the next task was find out how long it takes to get from the airport to the hotel. And that would give me the time that I need to, you know, arrive where we're going. And then the next step was pull up the American Airlines website, find what the flights are, you know, et cetera, et cetera. If you break things down into the smallest possible steps and promise yourself you only have to do one of them each day or whatever it is, uh, it makes it much easier to get past that resistance and get started and start making progress. And it lets you make really good use of tiny bits of time. Sometimes knowing you only have 10 or 15 minutes um, to spend, it can do one of two things. It can make you feel like, well, there's no point even starting because it's not enough time to do anything. But it can also take the pressure off of you because you know you're only making a tiny commitment. And if you've broken your projects down into small uh, pieces, then you can know... Uh, okay, I've got 15 minutes. I can't make my reservation in 15 minutes because who knows how long that'll take. But I can go to the website for the event and pull up the agenda. Okay, now I've checked that off my list. My five minutes is up, and now I've got to you know move on to the next thing. If you use a digital task manager, like OmniFocus, Nosby, you know the ones that I've used, Things or Todoist, uh, I read a, a newsletter from Mike Vardy, the, who's the productivityist.com. He's a productivity specialist uh, who blogs and um, pod, write, has a podcast about productivity. He suggests in your digital task manager, tag your tasks for the amount of energy needed. You know, if it's something that you can do when you're kind of tired versus something where you need to really be on your toes and perhaps the amount of time it takes, 15 minutes, half an hour, whatever, then you can sort them by energy and or the time and have a list of bite-sized tasks you can do when you have a few minutes. Uh, I'll try and find the, that article and put a link in the show notes. It's really worth looking at. So give yourself permission to take tiny steps and set yourself up to be able to do that. That uh, makes use of these small bits of time, leaving the bigger time, you know, time chunks for hopefully creative thinking. And finally, number six, and this is a, you know, we've talked about this, so I've done a whole episode about this, but it's still important and worth remembering to focus on what's truly essential in your life and eliminate everything else. If you're going to give yourself space, and by space I mean time or physical space or whatever, to breathe and to think, then you need to structure your life to allow for that. You need to know yourself. What really, really matters to you and what things, whether it's activities or material possessions or whatever, what things in your life are moving you in the direction that of what matters with you are the most consistent with what you value most. Know that. Take that to heart and get rid of everything else, uh, the activities, the commitments, the belongings, the clothes, the projects, whatever it is that is not contributing toward you moving in the direction of the life that you want, the values that you treasure. Get rid of those things. 
to make the space for you to focus on the things that you really do care about and to give yourself that space to think and, and, and create and do what matters. I'm not talking about minimalism for its own sake. That's not what this is about. That's a whole movement, uh, you know, a kind of a different thing. But this is about clearing out the mental, the temporal, the physical space for the things that bring you joy and clearing the clutter away so that you can focus on those things. Again, we talked in that previous episode about Greg McKeon's book, Essentialism, The Disciplined Pursuit of Less. Can't recommend it highly enough. Um, pick that up and, and read it, uh, and, and then read it again. So know what's essential. Eliminate everything else. Don't overload yourself. If your to-do list is overwhelming, you'll get anxious. You'll find it difficult to concentrate. And what time you have to think uh, won't be productive. So instead of looking at your long to-do list, just take a three-by-five card and write on it the three things that you must get done today and then carry that with you. If you get those three things done, you can always go back to the big list and pick three more. But your focus is going to be just on those three um, crucial tasks that need to be accomplished and, and let everything else stay in that list and that system for you. So those are just some thoughts that I had on um, things we can do to be more effective, be more efficient, and create some space to think, to be creative. Again, whether we're talking about art or our business or our families or whatever else. The idea here is to pare back, to focus on the essentials, to be more efficient, give ourselves that time and space to think and dream and create that life that we want to have. So those are a few of my ideas, but what do you think? Do you have a tip or a technique that helps you create mental or or temporal time space to do the, the work that you need to do, the thinking that you need to do? I'd love to hear your uh, questions or your, or your thoughts. You can share those in a couple of ways. Go to the comments section in the show notes at theproductivewoman.com slash 55 or on the Productive Woman's Facebook page. You can leave a post there, and I'll, I'll be watching for that. If you want to share your thoughts with me privately, I'd love to hear them. You can email your questions, your comments, your suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com, or you can leave a voice message by going to theproductivewoman.com or the Facebook page and clicking on the voice button. A uh, couple of quick things. As always, I if you like the show, if you think it's helpful, please tell your friends about it. And consider uh, sh- rating and reviewing the show in iTunes or Stitcher. Uh, the feedback means so much to me, and it also helps make uh, the show more visible so other women can find it. You can go to theproductivewoman.com slash iTunes or slash Stitcher. That'll take you right to where you can uh, leave a review, and I appreciate that. Uh, and I, I mentioned last week in an upcoming episode, I really want to talk about the challenges to productivity that come with having uh, kids in the house and how we overcome them. So if you have any questions on that front, uh, any uh, particular challenges you're struggling with that you'd like me to talk about or look at, would you please share them uh, with me? Email those to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com or you know, leave that voice message. Uh, also, if you've got a tip or something that's really helped you, you know, how you manage getting everybody off to school now without losing your mind now that the school year has started up again, at least here in the United States, 
uh, ways to carve out time to work on your projects when you have young ones at home, uh, anything like that, please share those. Uh, remember to respond to the listener survey. I really, really would appreciate that. You find that at theproductivewoman.com slash survey. I will be uh, speaking at the upcoming Business and Breakthrough, or Brilliance and Breakthrough Telesummit uh, in mid-September of 2015. And so it looks like a really great event, and I'm excited to be a part of it. And so you can get more information about that or sign up by visiting theproductivewoman.com slash summit. Quick note before we wrap up, I do want to say a thank you to our sponsor, lynda.com. Lynda.com is the place to go for high quality video tutorials. They have over 3,000 courses taught by industry experts. They add more new tutorials every week. And these are just really good quality video, professionally done, really helpful and broken up into bite-sized bits so you can listen to, you know, one section at a time or sit and binge on them if you want to. These courses cover all skill levels from beginner to advanced and just about anything you can think of, they've got uh, video tutorials on it. Public speaking, is that something you like to do? They've got that. They've got leadership, they've got business skills, photography, computer skills, time management, uh, literally anything you can think of, they've got it. And if you subscribe, you get access to their entire library of video courses for one low monthly price. You don't pay per course, you just pay the monthly subscription and you can watch as many of these as you want to. The Productive Woman listeners can get a free 10-day trial by going to lynda.com slash tpw, and that's l-y-n-d-a dot com slash tpw for the productive woman during that 10-day trial period free you get unlimited access to their library so do give it a try go to lynda.com slash tpw and let me know what you think uh i'd I'd be interested in to hear what uh, what courses you tried out and what you think about it and thank you to lynda.com for supporting the productive woman and that my friends is it for this episode of the productive woman Thank you. As always, I so much appreciate you spending this time with me. It it means the world to me to be a part of your life and for you to be a part of mine. I hope you found something in this show that's helpful to you. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself. Go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.